Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Menashe. On today's show, we're talking about how and when to hire an interior designer. As developers and as building owners, we often look to the architect to help us determine the aesthetic of our buildings. But often, the skill set is not sufficient to cover the breadth of interior design. We often hear the term interior decorator, and some people use these terms interchangeably, but they're very different in my mind. While there's some overlap in the responsibilities, there are distinct differences in education, scope of work, and professional expertise between an interior designer and an interior decorator. The first is education and training. Interior designers undergo a formal education training process, often earning a bachelor's degree of interior design or related field. They might be required to pass a licensing exam depending on the jurisdiction. An interior decorator, on the other hand, there's no standardized education path. Some of them might have formal training, but others may just develop their skills through hands-on experience or short courses. Number two, the scope of work. Interior designers are trained to work with architectural elements and spatial configurations. They often collaborate with the architects and the contractors, considering both the aesthetic and functional aspects of a space. Interior designers might be involved in space planning, in lighting design, and other architectural elements. An interior decorator, on the other hand, primarily focuses on the aesthetic aspects. They work with furnishings, color schemes, accessories, and things of that nature. While they might have an understanding of design principles, their work is much more surface level compared with that of an interior designer. Number three, the professional expertise. Interior designers have a broader skill set that includes the knowledge of architecture, the building codes, and of spatial planning. They're equipped to handle both residential and commercial projects, and they address functional and safety considerations along with aesthetics. We, for example, have used interior designers in assisted living projects. We would never use an interior decorator for something of that nature. Interior decorators, on the other hand, specialize in the visual appearance of a space. They're great at selecting and arranging furnishings, fabrics, and decorative elements. Their expertise is centered around the aesthetics. Number four, regulation and certification. Interior designers in many locations operate in a regulated and licensed space. That ensures that those designers meet certain professional standards. It helps protect the health, safety, and welfare of the public. An interior decorator, on the other hand, might be a member of a professional organization, but there's generally less formal regulation certification compared with interior designers. When we hire an interior designer, They work on the choice of materials for the interior finishes. They determine which furnishings are going to be required for the amenities, and they're involved in the sourcing and organizing the installation of the furnishings, the fixtures, and the equipment. This can sometimes include all of the window coverings, lighting fixtures, and of course the color schemes and the artwork. Some interior designers have affiliations with suppliers, and they often charge a markup on the furnishings from the suppliers. In other cases, the distributors give a commission to the interior designer. That's just another form of markup. It's just better hidden. As developers, we don't like to pay markups on furnishings, fittings, and equipment. We want our interior designers to be well paid, but we want full transparency of the process, and we don't want suppliers influencing the interior designer's choices with financial incentives. So we always engage our interior designers on a fixed price contract for the entire project, or we engage them on a time and material basis for a specific scope of work. Now, sometimes the work is divided into phases which could include, let's say, the design phase, then maybe the sourcing of materials, and then finally the installation of materials. We don't actually require the designer to be on site. Of 
course, it's better if they can be, if they're local, but it's not a requirement for us anyway. We often make pragmatic decisions on the timing and sourcing of materials. That can include the warehousing of materials and keeping an eye out for sales. We're also acutely aware that consumer-grade furnishings that many people might purchase, say, from Costco, Wayfair, or any of these other consumer-grade outlets are not going to be durable enough to survive for any length of time in a commercial setting. Now, this last part is a location that I've been visiting for much of the past decade. I don't work for them, and I'm not here to promote them, but I've been impressed with their service. One of the best outfits in the nation is a company called Furniture Land South, and they're located in High Point, North Carolina. This single location is the largest furniture store in the United States. It has over 1 million square feet of showroom. Their prices include free shipping to any destination east of the Mississippi, and many of their products include end-of-line inventory. These ones are particularly deeply discounted. They boast more than a 1,000 suppliers in the portfolio. What's remarkable about Furniture Land South is that many of their salespeople are in fact licensed interior designers. Now, that was in the early days. Today, not all of them are interior designers, and so they call them more generically by the name design consultants. But the bios and portfolios for each of the consultants is available for review on the company website, so you have the opportunity to set up a consultation with a design consultant whose style matches your taste. Their design service is included for free, and none of the salespeople are collecting a commission on their sales. For smaller scale projects and for residential projects, Furniture Land South might be a good alternative for at least a portion of your project's FF&E. As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow.